everyone, and welcome back to this episode of Outtakes. Today, I'm joined by a team out of our DC office, and we're going to talk about the market as a whole, what's going on there, some new acquisitions, and the opportunity for a bunch of different kinds of advertisers to invest in the DC market. So I'm going to kick it over to them to introduce themselves. Thanks, Lindsay. We have part of the DC management team represented on this podcast. I'm Aaron Bronson, the general manager, um, along with Andy Yoakum, our national sales manager, and Victoria Modishard, our regional marketing director. We're happy to have this opportunity to, to showcase Outfront's DC sales operation, along with market highlights and some upcoming growth opportunities. So first things first, whenever we do a market spotlight, I love to set the foundation for the people that make up the market, why it's unique, before we really ever dive into what the media offering is. So Andy, based on your experience, what makes up the D.C. landscape and what makes it unique to potential media buyers? Thanks, Lindsay. I think that people not from D.C. Um, view the federal government, like through, view it through a federal government lens or a political city, but there are broader themes and unique characteristics that we should make sure our clients are aware of. When targeting D.C., it's really important to understand the geography, how the inventory fits within that, and the unique demographics that make up the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area. In terms of geography, you can't overlook the reality of having essentially three different states and therefore regulation bodies. Aaron always jokes about how odd it is that we have three different lottery clients for Maryland, Virginia, and D.C., but that is a reality. Our transit system covers all three and involves the federal government for funding. D.C. proper itself is only about 10 square miles and around a half million people total. A large chunk of that is the National Mall. I bring that up because it underscores that the vast majority of residents in this market live in Maryland and Virginia and then commute to D.C. to work. Hopefully, that helps you understand why the public transportation system is so vital to the region uh, that a lot of commuters use it to move in and out of the core of D.C. As you can imagine, the geography and the reality of the federal government really dictate the out-of-home landscape. The WMATA system that Aaron will talk about opened in 1973. It is new in terms of transit systems. And there are some advantages to that. The layout of the system was to limit overcrowding, so they actively created subway stations for single, large employers. The Pentagon has its own station. The U.S. Senate has its own. The House of Representatives has its own station. I could go on and on, uh, but Nancy Pelosi would probably rip up my list. The bus fleet has the same logic. Each garage covers a defined area in the suburbs and then moves people back and forth between there and downtown. That system is the lifeblood of the region and is widely used. I think there's a misconception with a lot of AEs because of the people that take public transportation in their markets. My guess is that if an AE is not from a transit market, they may view ridership as possibly slightly less educated, perhaps a little bit more working class. In D.C., half the market has a college degree, and that number skews up to 60% when you're talking about rail ridership. Half of subway riders are between the age of 25 and 49. 53% make up make $100,000 and are not married. So if you want a more affluent D.C. professional audience, our legacy clients have typically purchased a layering program of above and below ground media. Our inventory reflects the geography and the historical nature of town. Transit system is full of media options, both on bus and rail. We have shelters through the bike share program. The average commuter walks over a mile each day because of the reliance on the public transportation system. So those are very popular. That gives really great perspective on our business in the transit space. But what about traditional outdoor? 
What we don't have in this market are bulletins and posters. Again, that's a unique attribute. The D.C. and federal government don't want what they view as, quote-unquote, clutter around historical places. To put it another way, they want media that's viewable by eyeballs but not cameras. If you have a client that wants something impactful above ground, there are 32 uh, special signs or wallscapes in the city. Outfront has 23 of those if you want to uh, add something with large impact. Thanks, Andy. That gives a really great picture on what the out-of-home landscape itself looks like in D.C. and across the metro area. But when we think about the audiences we're trying to reach, can you share some insights about the clients and the people in the market? You can't discount the federal government and the impact on audiences either. We have campaigns that happen here that are unique to the city. Open enrollment of health insurance is a huge selling point in the fall. We also do a lot of pay-per-mile insurance because people don't drive as much. We get a lot of military contractors fighting over Pentagon dollars, like Boeing or Northrop Grumman. And because the market is so educated, we have a lot of competition within the graduate school category in attracting our younger residents. It's a very unique city and a very unique landscape. I think that's why we're so excited to continue our relationship with the Transit Authority and why we're so excited to talk about what the contract means going forward. What I find really exciting about this particular market feature is that it's really inherent that when you think of D.C. today, especially in the context of what's going on in our news cycles and that this is an election year, that it's very hard to think of D.C. beyond politics and government. Andy, you even made a little bit of a joke about that as you were talking. And I do think it's important that as we really think about the D.C. market, that we understand that it's got this urban and suburban population. You have people who are riding major transit networks, but also a traditional commuter network that drives the highways and spans three states. So it's really kind of the best of both worlds. And from an out-of-home perspective, so many opportunities for us to have different WMATA, the so so surprised that the Washington Metro Transit Authority re-upped their contract with us. And Aaron, it'd be great if you could talk a little bit more about that and what that means for to have them as a partner for Outfront, what the future growth opportunities look like in terms of that relationship, and also the significance of the work we can do and how we can grow the out-of-homes a, sig- a significant portion of our total market revenue is tied to our transit partner. Last month, our transit authority, WMATA, awarded Outfront a new 10-year contract with two five-year options to extend, which we're super excited about. This new long-term partnership has many benefits to both parties. These benefits will pave the way to new media deployments and obvious revenue growth. To echo a point Andy made earlier, for advertisers to fully cover the D.C. metro area, they often rely on a strong above-ground and below-ground presence. Our clients' desire for this one-two punch of rail media alongside bus advertising for street-level coverage shows just how important the re-up with WMATA is. In the next 12 months, we plan to begin phase one of a five-year effort, and we'll be deploying 1,500 digital displays in the form of live boards throughout the metro system. We currently have 350 live boards installed, so we're looking forward to about four times growth over the next five years, which is very substantial. This rapid growth trajectory dramatically enhances our coverage and enables us to develop new and exciting products. It also sets up our market's digital footprint to be purchased programmatically in the future. In addition to the live boards, we're also planning to install large format LED screens in select stations. We currently have seven of these operating, and we refer to them as digital spectaculars. And Lindsay, lastly, um, we plan to, well, we have partnered with a local agency, 
and we plan to add an experiential component to our station takeovers next year. This will allow us to create one-on-one -on -one interactions between commuters and brands. If you haven't gotten the sense already, it's a really exciting time for the D.C. market. Ever more reason to really be thinking about D.C. when you're trying to reach specific audiences for your clients. And everything Aaron just said echoes a lot of what Andy was saying about reaching people and the makeup of the D.C. market. We know transit has been a significant player for many of our clients. They're very loyal to it. They love it. They see huge value in it. And this WMATA partnership is only increasing and enhancing those experiences. So as we start to wrap up, one thing that I think is always really great, especially when we're highlighting a market, is to give everyone a few examples of some clients who really hit it out of the park. So Victoria, can you share a few client stories? Yes, we have case studies across many verticals and KPIs. Some of the most notable are tech company Amazon Web Services for a conference. They increased year-over-year registrants by 55.7%. Um, startup Essentia Water increased sales and brand awareness. Total sales increased by 71%. And the Citadel, an online degree campaign, which won multiple awards for creativity by Outfront Studios and for their strategy, they targeted the U.S. government and military by running a station domination at the Pentagon and rail car cards, which increased their enrollment by 55 those are great examples, and they're applicable to so many different clients. So as Victoria mentioned, everything from tech to education to CPG, which can be applied in so many different categories for our clients, because very often CPG brands are the gold standard for marketing. So thank you to Andy, Aaron, and Victoria for taking the time to record. And as always, thank you to everyone listening. Until next time, over and out.